When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. They could break here, Chelsea. This could be the moment. Frank Lampard for Chelsea. It's Carvalho to his right. Lampard for the title. Lampard, it's 2-0. It's Chelsea's championship. And 50 years of waiting have come to an end. Lampard comes out to Essien. Oh, my goodness. It's a counter-attack. It's a new drop and now it's in the middle of the chip. Mixed with Omenidou. Stretch it. Stretch it. Mixed with Omenidou. Stretch it. Chelsea 2. Drop it in the centre. Mitro just came from the ground and was pulled out. Possibly bleak as this. Alright, this is Chessy Hour. A little bit of a different opening. OPP, other people's players. Jermaine's with me. He's wondering what's going on. He didn't expect it. What are you saying, Jermaine? Yo, what's going on? What's going on? You good? Oh, I'm good. Boy, do you know what, yeah? If you think about it, there's been so much. I know that podcast is almost antiquated because, like, every single day football moves on so drastically. Uh, this time last week, we recorded Chelsea Hour. We hadn't signed Madrid. Do you know what I'm saying? And I don't yeah. even think it was on the radar. I think everybody thought it was going to Arsenal. Um, well, I've got, like, so many tweets saying, like, I don't even think it's tweets. I think there was a few things that I said in group chats yeah. and then a few, a couple of tweets where I was responding to people um with responses to like obviously like little murmurs here and there about it and I was just like he's he, there's no way he comes to us he's not coming to us we're not in for him like, Is that what you said? <laughs> there's no way yeah I was just like like in my head it was just nothing like what you're saying in terms of I just didn't I didn't even care like I just yeah was just like in my head I was just like yeah he's an Arsenal player cool whatever like we'll look for other guys do you, do you understand like, like it's crazy. You know, it's so funny because I tweeted a couple of times saying, um, in fact, there's a guy I'm trying to make Mad Montana. He tweeted and he was saying, why would we go for a player that wants to go to Arsenal? Mm. I, said, I said, look, number one, the fact that Arsenal are in for him, that means he's available to buy. Do you know what I'm saying? Number yeah, two, if he goes to Arsenal and he slaps out Arsenal, everyone's going to say, why didn't we go in for him? Why did we let Arsenal get him? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, and then obviously taking other people's players is so sweet. It's so OPP is the sweetest thing. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing. Um, and I, I think I've said this before. I didn't want Werner. I didn't want Werner. Yeah. I think gold. Yeah, I think goals are a catfish because I didn't watching him. I just didn't rate him. And then I was doing my, because I like to get in deep in the data. So I was doing my data studies. And then 
Werner was popping up in terms of goals. And I was thinking, do you know what? Out of all of the young strikers, at least he pops. So then I started, the data started to catfish me along. And then what made it even sweeter was that Liverpool were, were supposed to get him. And then, <laughs> listen, it's Chelsea brand to still players, OPP. It's Chelsea brand. So the fact that we dunked on Liverpool and all of them started to create YouTube videos and analysis reports, that made it. And I started to really, really hype that Werner signing. But it wasn't about the player. It was more about the fact that we stole him. So this time around, I want to separate it. Yeah. I'm excited that I'm dunk we dunked on Arsenal twice. Not just not, not just Modric. Potentially Felix as well. Yeah. Felix, like, yeah. Him. Well, Felix definitely. We dunked on him with Felix because they wanted him on loan. But we yeah. want to make that we want to make that um permanent. But yeah, other people's players is sweet to me. So Mudrich, I don't know what so I haven't seen much of him, but I'll say before you go, um, so far. So good. My friend just messaged me just before we started. He said that he reminds him of Dan James. He's a United supporter. I don't know if he's taking a piss <laughs> to you. I haven't had the chance to probe to see whether he's taking a piss or not. But <laughs> what I've seen from him so far, apart from the speed, which everyone's seen that graphic where at in the Champions League, he's up there with Leao and all the other fastest players. So yeah. he's got high speeds. And, and it. I remember Tuchel, when he was our manager, he was like, we don't have anyone that is fast like that, that could just Reese past players. And yeah. it was like Sterling was the only one doing accelerations in attack. And obviously it was off Dembele and, and some other players. But it really does look like they're trying to answer that problem by getting some of the fastest players. So I, I like that he's fast. Um, because I just sometimes with I think, do you know what? I think people need to be a little bit more understanding, yeah. The thing is, yeah, there, I remember so Amari, we can talk about Amari a little bit. Um and uh, uh, this is what Bab said. In fact, I'm going to expose the whole group chat. Listen in. Okay. I'm exposing. I'm exposing. <laughs> Listen, Babs, all of you guys, you can expose me with, with my takes when you're on it and I'm not on. Don't do when I'm on because I'll just look off the whole thing. But <laughs> I'll expose them. So before Christmas, <laughs> before Christmas, I think it was just me in the group chat that said that I wanted Felix. It was just me. Everyone else said, nah, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't make no sense. Uh, Sam, Sam was saying, so I have to, have to backstab the whole group chat. Sam was saying, um, ah, it's because you rate him. Not all of us rate him like you do. Uh, it's a, it's a bad deal and all of that type of stuff. I started mm. saying, listen, this attack that we've got right now, if we go into the second half of the season, I know there's nothing to play for, but if we go into the second half of that season with that attack, number one, the fans, they need some sort of inspiration because we're losing games left, right and centre. Even the players, even if they were to go with that same attack, there's no hope because, you know what I'm saying? Like, what they've done in the first half season, yes, there's plenty of things around it, um, but there's just, like, no hope. And I was like, if Felix comes, there's something to hope on. And obviously, I knew his quality as well. Now, I'm sure a lot, lot more people have been brought along. But before then, Babs. Sorry, another person I'm going to have to backstab. Babs. <laughs> Bab said, nah, let's just rock it with Amari and Fafana. And I was saying, see, the, the problem with that is, if we do, because they'll say, not Felix, just give it to Amari and Fafana rather than loan. Um, some of them were saying, the loan with the oblique. Like, some people didn't even know what they wanted. One minute they was like, oh, maybe I'll take my loan, but I don't want to buy him outright. But then when there was, there was no loan obligations, like, why are we doing a loan without any, you know, optional obligation? But Babs was saying, actually, he wants to trust the young players. 
And I hear Babs in the fact that we can't just buy these young players and not see, like, you know, not have that vision of how they fit in. Yeah, I get his angle for sure. Yeah. I get that. But the thing is, I was saying to him is like, and this was before Christmas, by the way. So Murray hadn't played in the game. I was like, the issue is, and I've seen this too many times at Chelsea. I was like, the thing is, yeah, to put that, to put rescuing our season or giving us hope on a young Amari and even Fafana, that's unfair to them. Because I've seen it too many times where uh, a young player, people place the hope on them before they start playing. And then when they start playing and Amari, who they've seen take on players in the under-21s and just breeze into space and all that type of stuff. In the, in the Premier League, <clears throat> if a couple of games don't go right, then all of a sudden, he's not ready. Loan, loan. And I promise you, I said this, Christmas before he was even playing. In the meantime, in between time, Amari starts playing the games. Exactly what I said happened. Yeah. And that's the I danger of that's the danger of kind of relying on young players because what happens is with a Foden, for instance, at Man City, he wasn't relied on from the beginning, so he could ease his way in. A Saka at Arsenal, he wasn't relied on them from the beginning. There was that pressure, so he could ease his way in. And I think, and I think, so, yeah, sorry, on. sorry, I'll I'll let you finish, Dan. But like, yeah. just to add to your point as well, I think like we've seen examples of it with with people that have even got a little bit more in the bank. So like. For example, Gallagher had a great game the other day. Like he, yeah. he, he did really well. And we'll talk about the game later. We'll talk about Gallagher later, but, yeah. But yeah, but but he's just a small example of like yeah. already a lot of people have just dashed into the side right. already. Um, right. and he's somebody that we've seen in actually, the Premier League. Yeah, exactly. Actually, have a good season. So what you're saying is is a hundred percent like spot on in terms of right. like we already don't have that that culture at the at the club in terms of the fan base, right? Where, they're willing to watch these kids develop and make yeah. mistakes and stuff like that. Whereas like, I feel like Arsenal's fan base, sometimes they're a little bit more forgiving. I feel like with their kids, yeah. when they come through, yeah. they're willing to watch them grow, stuff like that. So even when they do make mistakes, I know Arsenal haven't been in a good place lately, but even if they were, I think they would still be like that where they would be excited to watch them kind of blossom and, and yeah. make mistakes and still want them to play. Whereas I... we're, we're not, we're already, even when we have players that, we know, uh, you know, they're going to take time or whatever, but like they've done something good for us all day. Like as soon as they make a mistake, we're onto them. Right. And it's true, we're so it's different. So much because, and I think it's because Chelsea are like in a winning, t- winning team, it's a bit easier, but we're so desperate um, to be better. And listen, Jermaine, we will do it at the right time, but we will give you your props about Colwell. We will. We'll do it at the oh, right no, time. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> so, so I just don't want you to kind of force it in. He's a Brighton player right now. He's a Brighton player right it's now. Planned, <laughs> it's planned, it's planned, it's planned. But so to say that, um, they, I think Babs was Babs was on kind of, oh, let's rely on Fafana and Amari to change our attack. And I was saying that really and truly, we need someone to come in to, to raise the level and raise the bar. I said one. But Bowley's not playing. So Woodridge's <laughs> in too. And again, I think he's mad fast, both footed, ingenuity. I can't say I'm an expert, but his mentality too. So if this was a scouting profile, it's tick, 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 tick. Technicality is there. Uh, yeah. Mentality seems like it's there, et cetera, et cetera. I just, I just haven't watched him that much. Obviously, I've seen that, that the talks that Cho, he's, they're both around about the same age and Cho, he's has scored more goals and stuff like that, and I think, I think number one, we people need to be a bit more with this cold goals thing. We need to calm down a bit. Yeah. I, I, and I get, it. I get, it. I get it because at Chelsea, 
we don't have that person we can rely on for goals. Everyone has to be an amazing goal scorer. But you can be a good attacker without being an amazing goal scorer. That's all I'm yes, saying. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, so, so on Mudrich, uh, what do you think about Mudrich so far? In terms, yeah, like, I think. Yeah. In terms of what I've felt like the attacks missing, I think mm. this is what I'm most excited about with with um, Mudrich coming in. So, like, I feel like when we go up against teams, sometimes when we do play a pass in behind or something like that, I, I always feel like when we're, we're not going to get away from them, if you yeah. know what I mean, like the defenders. So I, I feel like sometimes when Kai's through, I know Kai's not slow, mm. but he's also not like... Blitz. I, w- I wouldn't say he's rapid off the mark. Blitz. And I wouldn't say that he's like lightning in terms of like he's going to make a, like he's going to leave a big gap. Do you know what I mean? Like you watch your Liao's and stuff like that. As soon as they get in front of their player you almost know that it's curtains because yeah. you're just not catching him. And I think having players like that in your team sometimes, when they're technically good and, and they've got a little bit of flair and stuff like that, that's that's a bonus. But yeah. sometimes even just being just quick, like we've all seen it with like Adama Traore, for example, like once he gets in front of you, it's very hard to, to kind of stop that attack happening. And I think that's what I'm most excited about at the moment. I like you, I haven't watched him, so I don't want to comment too much about his like his it. dribbling style and you know his his goals that he's scored. He does you're a lie like other platforms. Yeah. <laughs> I stayed up and watched him. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I think he he looks like from obviously everybody has like a, a cheeky look at a comp or whatever, yeah. and it's like yeah. you see sometimes like you see examples of really good balance where he can go like left or right. Yeah. looks comfortable doing that which is which is a bonus i think um and a good thing is that he does look like he wants to get on on the score sheet do you know what i mean and and he has a good strike on him like so th- those are encouraging things to see but we don't know like what the consistency of it is like and yeah. and yeah especially like in 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 a in a in a more difficult league i know like he's done it in champions league yeah. but um, it's very easy to get up for champions league games yeah. and stuff like that you know so you know, there's so there's two things I want to say. Number one, um, it's my responsibility to know about Modric, and I apologize. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to get some of the touchy Gunas patrons, so I'll they I'll listen back to all of the shit they were chatting, and I'll I'll basically I'll, I'll you know I'll pull it on the Chessy page because we need content on there as well. But I will find out more about Modric. Second thing, um, what I was going to say earlier, and I got a bit distracted. I think I went on a rant, but. You have to really appreciate, like, a lot of players in the Premier League are fast. But the thing is, when you are a ball-carrying player, you can't just be fast. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, everyone's fast nowadays. Do you know what I'm saying? In the Premier League, <laughs> everyone's fast. To, to, to gap players whilst you have the ball. Don't forget, the defender doesn't have the ball. You have to carry the ball and still be fast. To gap players, you can't just be fast. You've got to be a next level. So I think people are harsh that not everyone is superhuman. I think that it's people are harsh that not everyone's blitz. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But if you can get a blitz player, then you can, I understand what people want it, but just not everyone's blitz. Plus like what you said before, blitz, technical ability, awareness, ingenuity. You're not going to get that from everyone. And I'm not, because no, saying- I think you saw that with, um, I think you even saw that with Felix in the Fulham game. Like Felix isn't again. Felix isn't slow, but he's very agile and he, and he looks very quick off the mark. But <laughs> but because of the way he's so intelligent with where he puts the ball and the way he manipulates the ball, like when he's got it and he's dribbling, 
you could like he gets in front of his players like more often than not. So, but you know, he he's got some speed. I think people underrated that, and I think people... yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, it's true. But um, all right. So yeah, Arsenal, Arsenal. Listen, Arsenal fans crying. They're stalking his socials like they're a bit of X. Talk about <laughs> oh, he's not posting. Uh, I heard Arteta and Zinchenko was calling him every day. Uh, yeah, that's expensive. Pain. I read that today. They, that is pain. They borrowed Eddie and Ketia and Jesus's cell phones to call him. But um, yeah, Mudrich, <laughs> I, I feel like Mudric, don't forget, like everyone's saying he went to go Arsenal, went to go Arsenal. Arsenal came in for him, right? And obviously they made it, and obviously Arsenal are doing what right now. But Chelsea, like he's he's not old, he's very young. So he's grown up in an era where Chelsea have dominated. He's grown up in an era where Chelsea had Shevchenko. Do you know what I'm saying? So um, like I'm sure growing up, Chelsea for him has been the top team over Arsenal. Don't forget, I think Chelsea finished on top of Arsenal for like most of the time, like 16 times in the, in the last... I think I think a lot of people forget this. I think it's as a fan, you'll be watching it thinking, oh, but we're top of the league. Like, how can you say no? Or like, you know, how can you even think about going to Chelsea at the moment? But what people don't realise is players, like, you know, they, they sign like contracts, you know, that it's not, they're not just going somewhere for one season. Do you know right. what I mean? Like, Right. They're going there for a long time. So when they look at what a club's won or how a club's moved over a certain amount of years, yeah. that stuff probably sticks with them more than, you know, just what you're doing in six months. And I'm yeah. and I'm not saying that Arsenal are just going to fall off a cliff next season. But what I'm saying is that, you know, they've watched Chelsea lift the Champions League twice. They've watched Chelsea win the Europa League twice. They've, they've watched us win leagues, cups, like year after year after year. So I think... It's very easy to just say, oh, but we're top of the league right now. But the thing is, one, you haven't won it yet. And two, mm-hmm. like early days. Chelsea are just we're still one of the best clubs in 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 England over the last few years. So it's like yeah, yeah it's, it's it's a bit silly to kind of question why he would want to come. Yeah, and even listen, the the, the Shakhtar guys, apparently they they believed in us more in in terms of hitting them targets. <laughs> you know, the extra targets. They, I think Arsenal put a Champions League thoughts in there. They was like, really? I don't, I don't know about that. But, but the thing is, they're not wrong. They're not wrong. No, we, might, we could do it this year. You never know. Yeah, listen, we when we sack a manager and we get a novice, <laughs> beware of Chelsea in the Champions League. Now, to be fair, Tuchel wasn't novice, but the, the Chelsea social media was moving mad. I just had to shout the Chelsea social media. I've never seen people be so brazen. I've never seen it. I was getting notifications. On my Chelsea app, I was seeing the Instagram going mad, the Twitter going mad. It felt like we were hacked. That's how bad it was, the trolling. So shout out to you because I like that. I like it. That's I, I think that's some of the American spirit. I don't think Roman would have allowed that. <laughs> it seemed very much like that, you know. I was thinking yeah. that. Well. I actually thought yeah. that myself. Um, well, so I want to say this. Number one, uh, so I was saying before we signed him, um, Mad Montana was saying, why would we go to what, for our Arsenal target? Number one, Chelsea are moving. Like, I think people think that they can predict Chelsea's moves. A lot of Chelsea's moves come out of the blue. Yeah. And so it was with Felix. Uh, Meads was saying in the group chat, at the point, it looked like Man United and Arsenal are front runners. And then Meads was saying, it looks like we're not in for Felix. And I said, I said, Chelsea aren't really loud like that. They don't want to be. Some things leak, but they don't want to be loud like that. I said, don't be surprised. And it happened. It's same with the Mudrich stuff. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, just because we haven't been loud doesn't mean that we're not in for him. So that's one thing. 
the other thing in terms of why we want to sign a player that wants to go to Arsenal. Eden Hazard wanted to go to Arsenal. Just for the, for you guys listening, he really wanted his agent had to talk him down even up to the last minute. His agent said because you, we all know Eden. Eden isn't oh I want to be a top goal scorer. I want to collect all of these trophies. He wants to have fun. He wants to play. Yeah. That's the type of player that he was. He wanted to go to Arsenal because. He grew up with Arsenal being the top club, just like Modric grew up with Chelsea being the top club. He wanted to go to Arsenal. He The Wenger era thing was still in his head, Thierry Henry. Big fan he, of Henry as well. Yeah, his agent said, be serious. Be serious. <laughs> and he said, Chelsea always... So, Modric, even if he did want to go to Arsenal, if he did all that type of stuff, that's heritage. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. Usually, they, they sign our old players and then we nab, do you know what I'm saying, the players before that. <laughs> so, so, there's that. But I want to talk about Nick. What does it mean for Sterling? So, yeah. so this is so interesting because Sterling left Manchester City. And don't forget, he started like 20 games. And I think at Chelsea, we do this thing where it's like, oh, the player has had a run and therefore he's had a chance. He's had a run. He didn't do well in his, enough in his run to justify the starts. Therefore, he's not good enough. And... Sterling didn't come for a run. Sterling had that like, 20 starts at Man City and he just noticed, he was like, I'm not playing every single game. Since I've been like 16, I've played the majority of games. I'm not, give me a run. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm yeah. not I'm not that give me a run guy because I think at Chelsea, when people talk about our failed attackers, because listen, I'm seeing pictures of uh, Madueke, with Noni, we'll talk about Noni later. I'm seeing pictures of Felix. I'm seeing uh, pictures of Mudrich. It was like two, three years ago that I was seeing pictures of Ziyech, Werner and Kai. Do you know what I'm saying? Everybody hyping up. And at that point, you couldn't tell anyone that they were going to fail and they were going to be considered uh, dead rubber, dead woods. You couldn't yeah, tell nobody anyone that. Hearing it. You couldn't yeah. tell anyone there was that, oh yeah, Barkley's gone and we finally got a creative demon in Ziyech. We finally, Tammy's, like Tammy, we relied on him last season, but now we've got a real shooter in Werner. Do you know what I'm saying? Kai, generational, et cetera, et cetera. And look at the way they talk about all three now. And I say that, to, I say that to say this. The same thing can happen to these players because you're going to say, that, that can't happen to Felix. It's already happened to Felix at Atletico Madrid. It's already happened to him at Atletico Madrid. We all see his quality. I had to I had to campaign for Felix because a lot of people, a large section, weren't having him. And I had to say, I had to drop the example. My analogy was uh Simeone's not feeling Felix. Doesn't mean he's not quality. It's the same way that Mourinho wasn't feeling KDB. The only difference in the situations was that Felix went to Atletico for on a long contract for big money. So where KDB was able to force his way out and find a manager where he could play and show everybody what he can do. Felix has been stuck. And so where people say, oh, he's not scoring goals, et cetera, et cetera. He's not starting games. How is he going to score when he's not starting regularly? So the times yeah. he's starting, he's doing well. So I'm saying that to say, at Chelsea, Werner came out on talks because we've signed Nkunku as well, which I'm forgetting about our signings. We've got too many players. We'll get onto that. And we'll, <laughs> we'll cook. But what I'm saying is, what Werner said was so right. Werner said, you have to be tough mentally at Chelsea because there's so much competition. So yeah. and only now you're fighting the competition against the other players. You're fighting the competition in your head because you start to doubt yourself so much. Especially when you go start to go through those patches where like patches at other clubs, 
mm. are not the same as patches at Chelsea. I feel like you can have three, four bad games at another club and it probably doesn't feel the same as when you have three, four bad at Chelsea. It's just yeah. like, I don't know why, because, you know, like if everybody competing for the same no, thing in I terms of the league and stuff like that, in terms of the top. Yeah, is that, actually, I do know why. But in terms of what we're what we're competing for, we're competing, like top clubs are competing for the same thing. We're competing for the league, we're competing for the Champions League. But it's it's this expectation of like, you know, as soon as you come in, be perfect. And it's like, I just don't know, like, it's, it is difficult. And Werner did, did have a tough time. And, and I think, I think um, there's a lot of factors as to why players play well and how they get into form and how, how they, you know, create some kind of consistency. There's loads of things we talk about it all the time, Dan, like, you know, chemistry and, and relationships on the pitch and all this kind of stuff, managers. But with fans, especially our fans, we just pick and choose when we want to hear it. And, yeah. you know, it's it's tough for players here. It's I, tough. I, I it's tough. It's tough. not that. And, and the thing is, it's not just tough for big signings who come in with all of this pressure and maybe they're thinking the fans are going to support them, but that wears off really quickly. Mm-hmm. One minute they're, they're supporting, they're like, pay the money, pay the money. Next minute when the money's paid, they're like, you're not giving us a hundred million worth of, talent right away even though it's like rah sign a seven-year contract do you know what i'm saying i'm 20 I'm, it's supposed to be that i'm signing for 100 million because later down the line everything's gonna come together but, it, but the, the thing is this at, at chelsea what vernon was trying to say is that there's so much competition um and it's so much pressure so it's a whole different thing so he said he said to Nkunku, it was like you can't necessarily play the same way at leipzig as you mm. do at Chelsea, because like you said, away from the fans, it's just when you have so many players there, I've said this time and time again, it's difficult for a manager to keep on playing you if you've had four bad games when there's six people on the bench. Especially that- when he feels like the six people on the bench are all of similar quality or, yeah. you know, some are, they're not far away from the guy that that's playing in front of you. So it's like, right. yeah, I can gamble on playing this guy. Right, and and, and and you know what? It's just, if you commit to having a squad, unless they're really young, like a Chukwemeka, you can get away with saying to Chukwemeka, okay, cool, you're the apprentice. This big guy, whatever, is the main guy. But when you when they all cost 50, 60 million, do you know what I'm saying? It's difficult. It's yeah. difficult. And so what I, the reason why I bring this up is because what... And I, I don't know if this pattern is going to repeat itself, but we... At Chelsea, and I've said it before, because we don't like the idea of failing and we've got the money to fully kit out our attack, so six, seven players, et cetera, et cetera, a lot of the time I think that harms us. Mm. What it means is we don't commit to a free. And when we don't commit to that free, I know a lot of people say, oh, it's because they're not good enough, et cetera, et cetera. But it's happened when we've had players that are good enough and they haven't been able to make it in because, again, there were so many talents. And the biggest example of that is when we've had KDB and Salah and stuff like that. And so I I just hope that this time around, because we've got so many players, that we at least try to create a three or four, because it could be four, two, three, one. And that means you've got four attacker, four attacker. It, like... It makes sense if maybe Noni comes in and Noni's like, I don't know how good Noni is, but if it's that they told Noni, listen, right now you're going to be, you know, someone that's fighting for a place, but we really want to stick with 
these four, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And obviously, there's got to be meritocracy, but within reason, we have to let these players cook. We can't just do, oh, you've had a run of eight, ten games. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I'd rather give someone a full season and then judge them off that full season because yeah. comparing a ten, like fifteen, sixteen starts to someone like Son, who Son for half of the season he'll be bad, but in the other half he'll be sick. But because they've played him every single game, they get to realise all of that bad stuff gets, you know, the payout comes on the second half. But for other for our players, they just don't get the platform for that. And so it seems like we ain't got no one. But then, do you know what I'm saying? The difference is Son has got the full the full amount of games to get that payoff. Um, no, nah, I, 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 nah, I completely agree. Because like I, I think as well, like if you are going to get these guys that, that are, you know, thought to to grow into being these like terrific players. Yeah. I think you are gonna need to to let them play and and just get get through the bad patches and just keep playing and let them making the mistakes. And, yeah. and like I'm not saying like if they're playing awful, you know, just kind of um don't react and, and never make a change. But like what you're saying, it can't be just this thing where you just play them for a few games and as soon as they stop you know, not as soon as they don't look like they're going to show you something, kind of like, you know, show them to the bench again or or even worse, like keep them out of the squad. Because the thing is, because the thing is, with this rebuild that's happening at the moment, what also needs to come with it, like the players is all fun and that and seeing the names, but what has to come with it is, is you know, building like consistently because we need to have a, a structure in the way we're going to build the squad because yeah. like we've, we've cuz it's not only these guys we've got like you said like we've got Carney we've got Hutchinson we've got all these other guys as well and it needs to make sense in terms of what's happening year on year right. out right you know what i mean so you can't just sign these players have the young players that are there have the Cobham graduates as well who are going to be coming up right. cuz the years go quick you're looking at a Cobham graduate now he's 17 yeah. in a couple of years he's quick. 19 and he's, and he's he's already like looking to try and work his way into maybe becoming like a squaddy in the first team and that. So you need to have like a proper plan for these attackers. Otherwise we will, I think what you're saying is right. We'll fall into the same trap, same pattern where the the, the guys that we like or we want to kind of thrive and, and, you know, be great at the club just doesn't happen for them because Mm -hmm. it's more due to just the planning and, you know, how many appearances they get and the inconsistency in selection and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, look, Rashford is on fire for Man United right now, but we can see, I think it's important. Some people say, ah, oh, this player's regressed. Do you know what I'm saying? And like, yeah, players don't always, it's not always fun in games. It's not always moving forward. Sometimes they have down periods. And I think Chelsea don't want to stick with players during the down periods. So all I'm saying is for this new bunch of players, because we can't keep on doing every single two, three years a reset. They, right. Some of these players are going to have down periods and yep. we just have to figure out, okay, cool, are we going to stick with these ones, right? Um, but what you said was funny because I feel like there's the... like Listen, Roman Abramovich has blessed us and now Bowley is even taken to whole new levels, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think it's so interesting because I think I've, I sent in the group chat, I think I've seen the article since, but I sent in a group chat like recently talking about how, yes, it actually makes sense for... Bowley to spend all this money now because when it comes down to it, we all know like four or five years ago players weren't default 70 million, even three years ago, do you know what I'm saying? When we were buying Kai for like 70 million, everyone was like, rah, 
But now every single player, when you, you get a quote, 65 million. And so yeah. it makes sense if because they've got a, this obligation to spend money, it makes sense for them to spend the large majority of it now or to front load all the spending now, because in 10 years, a 200 million pound player could be just a default player. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So if we have to got all this money to spend, the, the power is spending it now when at that's at this time the money will go furthest. So spending all these large amounts, people are like, oh, that's five bit 65 million is too much. 65 million is nothing in the grand scheme of things because in, in 10 years, do you know what I'm saying? 65 million might seem like 6.5 million. And so I'm not saying that just go and spend anything, but what I'm saying, all the to and throwing over, oh, why are we spending all this money? They've committed so much money to spend and the bulk of that needs to be spent now because if they wait and spend it later, then that money won't go as far. So, And I think it's just a thing of as well, Dan, like they, I tweeted this just like not so long ago, but like they, I, I've always felt like when they came in, I think they've made it pretty clear that they, they want to get the ball rolling with this project as soon as possible. And to do that, they need to kind of get, the things that are needed now, they need to kind of get that out of the way. And obviously we all know like a manager having, you know, the kind of squad that he wants, that he feels like he can work with best and, you know, certain profile of player, whatever it is, that that is more so what needs to happen now in terms of um, players and stuff. So they, they buy all the players that they want to get. They spend on the young talent that they think are going to be, you know, like good in the future whether they are or they're not that's what they think so they, they're gonna they're gonna spend over the odds for the guys that they think they should spend over the odds for and I feel like it makes sense to kind of do that now so that after that they can kind of get the other guys in that haven't started in the structure which is um Stuart and uh Joe Shields and all these other guys and once they get them together they can then plan on what they want to do long term with the pathway for the youngsters and all this kind of stuff and because they've got other stuff that they want to build on as well with Chelsea. They've got stuff about the stadium. They've got stuff in, in terms of marketing. They, like this that, this isn't where it stops. They haven't just come in here to buy players. The, the, the owners have come in here to make us like, to go above and beyond like what, what Roman did. And not I'm like not in terms of just success, but they want to obviously make us bigger. And that's, that, was, that was always their intention. So for me, I think getting this done now, and getting this out of the way now just allows us to kind of focus on other things behind the scenes later. Do you know where I disagree? I think I get I I think one of the reasons why they're being aggressive now, and I think it's a smart play this January to spend in January because again, yeah. it's less competitive now. If you wait until mm. the summer, that's where everybody's got their budget. Everyone's yeah. got their summer budget. So the fact that they're you know bullying the market now makes sense. Getting ahead of the game, I get yeah. this the aggressiveness in that sense i get the aggressiveness in the sense of let's blow the bag now in these early days because again every single season even every single transfer window the prices of players goes up and up and up so you want to get the the, the majority of you know you're going to spend the money get the spending now where i yeah. think that actually and and to be fair i think i heard them pitch this to these players because obviously chelsea are 10th right now so yeah. they they're saying listen there's this humongous change of course you're going to see it in a pitch. But really and truly, it didn't have to be like this. So like when Ranier, when Mourinho came in, sorry, when Roman Abramovich came in, they purposely let Ranieri continue because they understood that there was massive change. So they wanted there to be at least a modicum of stability. And obviously yeah. managerial stability allowed them to really kind of plan, get Robin in, 
get checking in the background, get start talking to Drogba in the background, start getting Mourinho. So it wasn't rush, rush, rush. And so it, we went from second to first without any kind of, do you know what I'm saying? It was more of a smoother transition. I think what's happened now is a mad rocky transition and they've made that decision because they want to be aggressive, fine. But I don't necessarily think they had to do it. I now, think- to, back you on that, to back you on that point though as well, what I also said was that they're rectifying a big mistake that they made in the summer. They're trying to. Mm. And, and, and this is what I see. What I see is that they done what they did in the summer with Tuchel. They decided very early on that they were going to go with Tuchel. Yeah. And obviously, yeah. I'm not going to speculate on what's happened between them. Yeah. I'm just going to assume that there has been something there because that was what the whispers were about. There was something that happened mm-hmm. in terms of why they they obviously split ways. Yeah. And anyway, <laughs> sorry. And anyway, they've, they've split ways. Mm-hmm. But they've now got this whole summer window that they've kind of you know, moulded around Tuchel and like what Tuchel wanted and what they wanted yeah. like merged together. Right. And it's like, now it's just like one big mess. So right. that's why we've got all these rumours coming out now. Oh, Koulibaly could be gone next summer. Oh, Berlin might be gone. Oh, wow. oh, yeah. And and and, and and that's a massive, massive stain on their first year in charge right. of Chelsea. Right, 100%. It is, but this is why I say, like, the whole rush rush thing is bad because mm. when it comes down to it, where everyone's like, okay, they've got the manager in a place now, they've got to buy a whole new squad to suit that manager. Listen, a new manager can come in and decide, This isn't my style, I need this for the style, this thing for the style, and we've just spent a whole raft of money again on <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? So, so this is my thing, my, my thing is always. I remember Matisse kind of tweeted me, goes, Ra, you change your manager first. And I was like, when it comes down to it, like when Pep came in, then he made loads of changes because he wanted his squad. And like any manager that comes in, they've got excuses. Oh, if things go well, well, this isn't my squad yet. And so that's the danger where you build the squad before you bring the manager in. Now, what I'd say is with most managers, listen, if you're a national team coach, you don't get to buy loads of players. And when it comes down to it, a lot of these, I know like a lot of Chelsea fans will say, oh, this squad is crap, this squad is crap. They always say this whenever we're doing bad. When we're doing good, the squad's amazing when we're doing bad. But there's so many good players in our squad already before we made these signings that yeah. I don't think we should be in 10th place. And it's the same with, but I understand there's loads of changes and stuff like that. And it's the same with if we buy all these players and a new manager comes in, I don't want to hear all this. Oh, it's a mismatch of four different squads. As a as a manager in today's game, I'm sorry, you have to be prepared for that because we're not in the era of Wenger and Alex Ferguson and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, where obviously Pep and Klopp, unless you're lucky to take over a manager that stayed there for 15, which is unlikely, because most managers stay there for like two years, you're gonna probably you've got the reason why you're in a job is probably because someone's messed up, someone's fucked up, and you've come in. You're gonna have some stuff left over. Yeah. And so there's gonna be so like as part of a job as a manager, you have to be used to a mishmash of squads. So I don't want to hear about this mishmash rubbish. It's, it's, to be fair to yeah, and to be fair to to Potter, I think he's always said that as well when he's come in. Though I think he's always said like you know I'm trying to work with these players like he, he yeah the squad's good. Like I don't think he's ever made it a thing where. He thinks the squad's not good enough. So, like, right, right, but no, to be fair, we are making sweeping changes anyway, and and it yeah. might just be a whole new thing. But my my whole point is with with the squads, um, regardless if if Potter lasts or not, the players that come in, I don't care who the manager is, mm. I don't want to hear this. They're not good enough. I'm sorry, yeah. just because whatever happens at Chelsea, 
doesn't necessarily mean these players aren't good enough. But back to Sterling, because that's kind of where we started and we talked about yeah. and all of the competition. Um, Sterling, again, he's being linked with a number of clubs. He came in here saying, I want to play regularly. We've just signed Modric. Obviously, we've got Felix on loan and we've got Nkunku. Um, do you, so what do you think about Sterling at Chelsea, Jay? Because I know you was, you was a fan of the move. Yeah, no, I, I was really excited for Sterling coming. And the thing is, um, initially when I was looking at Sterling coming, I always thought it was going to be under Tuchel. And I obviously my stance with Tuchel has always been, you know, if, if it was up to me, I'd still have Tuchel here right now. Not Nothing to do with Potter, just generally before any of that stuff happened, I was cool with Tuchel being our manager. So yeah. like when Sterling, when Sterling come in, um, I did think obviously there was going to be a plan for him. I think maybe something that I've got wrong is that some of the, some of his way of playing that mm-hmm. was like a little bit like when he was younger and, and at Liverpool, mm-hmm. I haven't really seen as much of that as I thought I would. Mm. But at the same time, I don't know if he's been in the perfect kind of position to kind of show more of that. So I don't really want to kind of, I don't really want to make a judgment because I feel like he's kind of had, he he's kind of had a similar time to what Kai had when he first come, mm-hmm. where when Kai came in, he was just playing like right, left, <laughs> 10. Like he was just playing everywhere. Sterling played left wing back, right wing back, left, left wing, right wing, up front. It's like, and then he's had two managers in, in a very short space of time, giving him completely different instructions. And it's just like, I just I don't think that's the best nope. environment for Sterling. So I think in, initially I was happy with him come um, coming, but in this setup now, um, and by the looks of like the profiles of who they're getting at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It doesn't look like he's going to be a favorite in terms of starting. And he he came to start. So I I, I think with Sterling, what he said coming in, if he stays true to that, the only thing is on big wages, which might mean a loan or it might make it difficult. But he said... I couldn't handle being someone that wasn't playing, starting every single game. Yep. So I, uh, what's interesting, what you said about Sterling, and you said it's similar to Kai, that's the that's the experience that of, of most of our attackers, whether they come for 100 million or, or, mm-hmm. or 10 million. And so what I'm saying is the environment isn't set up for attackers to win. And I think where we have to be careful as Chelsea is, the more that players come in, we're so lucky that we've got money, but the more that players come in and fail, the harder and harder it is going to be to convince players to come to play for Chelsea. Yeah. So that's why I say we really need to take care of the way we design our squads. Yeah. I was talking to Babs. Babs was saying, all right, so we've got all these players. Now I want a striker. I want uh, Osimen or I want Vlavic. And I was See, saying, I'm, a, I'm a bit of the opposite right now, you know. Right, but let me cook. So... Yeah. I think you're right, right? And I'll talk about our midfield conversation as well. So he said, 
Osimen or Vlavic? And I was like, um, we just bought Fofana. And he was even, I remember back to the beginning, he was saying that he wanted to go with Amari and Fofana around about December. And I was like, we just bought Fofana. He goes, oh yeah, but he's more for the future if you, if you get me. Uh, YGN. That's what he said to me. And I was like, well, listen, Vlavic isn't old. He's 22, 23. Uh, Fofana's what? 20, 21? We still got Brozier, who's just signed a seven-year contract. That's three strikers already. You want to bring in, you know what I'm saying? Like, and then Kunku as well. And Kunku's here too. I keep on forgetting we've got so many players to predict because I was at the Crystal Palace match. We're going to talk about Crystal Palace match. It's got a little bit long already, but Crystal Palace match, it was so funny. I was at, st- at the stadium. Every time I turned around, I was it was an oh shit moment because like, oh shit, Fofana, I forgot he plays for Chelsea. Oh shit, Sterling. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, and I was, I was just saying, I it's like I had Tourette's. It was so many oh shits because we got so many players. I counted currently in the first team squad, we got about thirty six players. Yeah. Most sometimes managers come and saying, I want no more than twenty three to twenty six players. We have thirty six, and it, it's it's crazy. <laughs> but we we had the conversation, so that was. So yeah, basically, Babs was saying, "Oh, Vlavic now, and then in the future, Fofana be ready." I'm saying, like, what are you talking about? Because Broja, you know what I'm saying? Kunku, there's just too many players, and like you said, with academy players, that age thing goes quickly. One minute they're 19, next minute they're 22, and everybody's saying, "Oh, they got to do it now, or we got to sell them." Or, do you know what I'm saying? So that, yeah, yeah. We sure. talked about we talked about the the midfield. You were saying we should buy two midfielders, and I said. We got Andre Santos already, right? We yeah. got Lewis Hall, who is a midfielder, and you count him as a midfielder, right? Uh, who Oscar. else? Okay. Okay. Oh, so yeah, no, forget about the two new, the, the two new midfielders. But who else we we've got? Did we, did we say in that thing? So Inter Milan kid, Casa. Oh yeah, Casa Day. Yeah, Casa Day. We've got Casa Day too. So that's three, and these are just even the deeper midfielders, right? So to buy those two, um, to buy two more before they say a La- Lavia, Romeo Lavia and a Caicedo, that's five, right? And mm-hmm. they're all around the same age. It's the same thing we talk- I was talking to about the, the centre back situation. It- I think it's crazy. So we got yeah. Fafana, we got Badia Chile, we got Trevor Chalabar, and we got um, and then you've got like, oh, you've, you've got, yeah, and then you've put yeah, potentially next season you've got Cole. Yeah, I'm talking. I'm not even talking about this. I'm just looking forward to the future. And they yeah. were like saying, "Yeah, that's perfect, perfect for a back four, four options." And I was like, "I don't think that's perfect." Yeah, that's- I don't think it's perfect. They're four good options, but I don't think it's perfect. They're two oh, different things. The re- well, the, uh, listen, I'm not even talking about their ability. I'm just talking about the fact that they're all around the same age. Yeah, they're, they're all around the same age. As a young player, you just want to get regular football. Like I, they mentioned to me, "Oh well, look at Man City." They love that Man City example. But he started saying they got Nathan Aki, they got Laporta, they got Stones, etc. etc. Akanji, all around the same age. I'm like, it's different. Nathan Aki left us at 21 when he was young because he wanted to go out there and play regularly. Like all of these young players, none of them are going to be happy not playing regularly. We've just bought for Fana for how much money he's going to want to play regularly. You know what I'm saying? So all of these players want to play regularly. I don't think it's even good to have these players not regularly play regularly at the start of their career. So I just think in the age range, that's kind of why you want to keep. I know everyone wants to sell old players. That's why you want to keep old players so that when they're on the bench, you can bring them off 
the bench and they've got experience. And that's why you want to have super young players because they're going to be cool on the bench because they understand that they're, they're young and getting experience. Then you have your two prime players and that makes more sense as a kind of, do you know what I'm saying? But I just feel like there has to be planning with our, in our squad. But it feels like everybody's going to be young and that means that it feels like we might have a lot of people upset and that means that we might lose talent. And whereas people think, the competition thing, we're going to keep the best ones, sometimes we lose the best yeah, ones and we yeah. keep... You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, no. That's 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 my thing. Even about like going back to the striker thing, like a lot of people have been getting on to me <laughs> already like because I keep saying, oh, you know, Kai, like Kai might be able to kind of blossom with these new, these new guys coming in and stuff and they're like, oh, but why are you still talking about Kai? And I'm like, but... You know, like, Kai was still, like, a top talent when we bought him. Like, you can't just put that aside just because he hasn't performed when you want to see him perform. Like, at the end of the day, like, there's no way the whole football world judges this guy as, like, a one of the one of the better talents out of all these young kids, you know what I mean? And then you get to you get to this level and just because he's come across, like, first bit of adversity, yeah, like, now you just dash him in the bin. Like, I don't think... I just uh, generally I don't think that's a way to do things, but 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 for me I think in this situation as well, you should, I don't think we just need to go and buy strikers. Like we we still need to explore, right. we still need to explore what Kai can do with these guys. In my opinion, we still need to, um, and then with the midfield as well, like we need to think about what we're doing carefully. Like, um, uh, Cassidy is twenty years old already. That um, Casado, who we're linked with now, he's only twenty-one. So people saying, "Oh, he's not that far away." He, like he's still far away from the first team. He's not far away from the first team. If he if he goes away and has one good loan, he's gonna expect to to try and get into the first team. So like you buying two free midfielders, what does that say to him? Like that that he's gonna be like looking to get. He is definitely thinking about the first team already, one hundred percent. And and so is um, Carney. And so is um, Lewis Hall. So, like, going out and buying... Like, I saw one guy on Twitter the other day say, oh, we need, like, something ridiculous. He said something like, we need four midfielders or three midfielders. I was like, bro, like, we can only start, like, two. This is me. I think people people are mad spoiled. And and they're only getting more spoiled with this window. Yeah, and that's what I was going to say. With this window, I think the, the, the most negative thing I'd say about this window and about this whole ambitious spending yeah it's just that it's making people forget that um you know there does need to be a kind of like a sensible angle as well because i know like in the midst of all of this and the hype and all that you can get caught up in thinking you know we can just buy anyone let's just go and buy everyone but like you you need to remember as well there's players that we bought before this very like youngsters that a lot of people were excited about buying for a reason and so if you was excited about them, you need to just kind of forget about the spending for a bit and focus on what these guys can do in the future as well. And you don't need to, we want to move away from the whole shiny new toy stuff. Like I know we're doing it now, but we're doing it now in terms of our all right, cool new beginnings, whatever. But initially, I do think that Todd and the owners and the board, I think that they want to move away from that and they want to actually nurture young talent here and 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 bring it through here do you know what i mean like not have to go out and spend a hundred million on an enzo or a hundred million on a um caicedo and that yeah and i agree I, I agree with you that i think the initial spending was too cool influence and i feel like now they've got potter in they can really kind of spend how more how they want um but also obviously they've got 
new technical directors and etc. Mm. Talking about Havertz, and I back you on Havertz. I think my I've always said this, and I still think that Tuchel kind of I I blame Tuchel a bit on 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 Kai. Um, and I'm not saying that uh, without Tuchel, everything's going to be like swimmingly and nothing but credit. But I just think um, everybody understood when he came from Leverkusen that yes, he was an option to play up front, but like we bought the idea from Lampard and Lampard stated this, it was uh, Ziyech on the right, Werner up top, Pulisic on the left, Mount and Kai as the, the, the attacking eights with uh, maybe Kante as the, what's the name? I don't think he said the Kante, but he definitely said it in terms of the attack. That was supposed to be attack. Kai Mount was supposed to be the attacking midfielders, right? Times in the box. And so with Kai, his goals was always been hit like, the timing, one of the reasons why he said coming to Chelsea was like, yeah, Lampard used to time running into the box. And we all know that he's a threat when it comes to headers running into the box, getting headers and volleys. And do you know what I'm saying? Um, and I think for the amount of goals he scores, which is more like four and 10, do you know what I'm saying? So like two and five, where if you've got a two and five striker, no one's going to rate that. But as a two and five midfielder, do you know what I'm saying? That yeah. in and, and scores goals, people can palette. That's that's good. That's a good contribution, especially when you've got three other people that are attackers contributing. And I yeah. think where Tuchel saw, don't forget Tuchel managing in France, where he saw Kai have a good run up front as a deputy because um, Leverkusen striker, the one that looks like the guy from High School Musical, I forgot his name. He Holland. was. Yeah, Volland, because Volland was injured and, and he played that um, run and he was scoring goals. Then he had in his mind, OK, let me get rid of Tammy so that I can try this Kai experiment up front. And look, I don't mind playing Kai up front. In fact, I wanted him to stick up front. And even to this time, I still like him up front. But I've always said you've got to put someone that is a, a golden boot chaser in the team with him. And I think this, I think that I think the game um, against Palace. So again, I was there. Um, there were so many balls coming into the box, but it was just Kai in the box. Yeah. And when Oba came on, it was helpful for Kai because there was someone else there. And yeah, I just feel like Nkunku, Nkunku, hopefully because he's not someone that has to play up front, but he's someone that gets loads of goals. I actually think Nkunku, Kai, Felix, and Mudric, in my opinion, that has so many things because when it comes down to it Nkunku's not tall do you know what I'm saying Felix yeah. gets up for headers but to have Kai in there that can get up for headers but also do you know what I'm saying the link up play with ballers like Felix etc around him doing a lot of dirty work and doing a lot of running and stuff like that then you've got um, Felix who can be the magician then you've got Mudric who is the speed man yeah that's two, you've got two speed demons now as well but what I'm saying is that four to me looks like it'll be devastating. Honestly, I, no, I agree, and this is this anyway, is where I was this is where I was coming from as well. Like with just quickly depending oh, sorry, on yeah. just quickly depending on if Nkunku can be that number one golden boot chasing goal getter, and he's got great finishes, but mm -hmm. is he going to be in a position? I think with all those players, he 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 probably could be, but is he going to be in a position where he gets loads of chances to shoot? So if I'm cutting you, what was you going to say? No, sorry, yeah, I was just going to say, like, no, I completely agree. And the thing is, I think it will all depend on, as well, what you what you make clear to the player when he comes in. So if, if Nkunku comes in and, and Potter says to him, 
you're my striker. Or he says to Kai, like, you know, he says to both of them, like, you two are the guys that I'm looking to, looking at to get goals, but obviously, and Kunku, you're my striker. Like, as long as he knows that and that's his role and he understands that and he, and he's, and it's not this thing where he, he plays here, he plays there, he plays everywhere kind of thing, then I agree. I think that can work because then you've got Nkunku who's just looking to, to be the top goal scorer and then you've got Kai who will just chip in naturally how he does. Yeah. And, 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 and that can work. And the thing is, if you manage to get somebody like a Felix on a permanent, I even think that can be a bonus because we saw the other day when he was playing, he looks hungry as well for, to, for goals. Like he will shoot from, from wherever. From, yeah. like, as soon as he, he sees goals. an opportunity, he'll shoot. He gets goals. I feel like people I don't understand, like he's a goal getter. Like when it yeah. comes, um, I wouldn't be surprised if he will get the second amount of goals because he they just started calling him a false nine at Benfica at one point because he was like yeah, so said, comfy up there. He's a false nine. He was playing striker and that like, he's a shoot. Like he's got a hard shot on him, a proper mm-hmm. hard shot without much backlift. Like he like from far from near, even headers. He's got a leap on him for headers. Um, so he's not someone that just drops deeps and feeds. He's someone that can get goals as well. And Kunku gets goals as well. A lot of people are saying this, oh, Chelsea, we just need a natural nine. I, I remember, I can't remember the, the guy's name, the one that's friends with Haaland's dad, y- Jan Fjortoft or whatever his name is. Oh, I know you're talking about, yeah, from, uh, he's on ESPN a lot. <laughs> chatting shit, chatting shit saying, oh, Chelsea, <laughs> again, not buying the number nine. And I was like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? Look, first and foremost, what did we do last season? We bought Lukaku last season. What did we do this season? We bought Aubameyang. Everyone's saying, oh, Aubameyang's not a number nine like that. Do you know what I'm saying? But before that, the reason why we had to buy Lukaku is because we got rid of Giroud and Tammy. So this idea that we haven't had strikers is false. Yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> it's a lie. It's a lie. I, I get why everybody's kind of in this idea that Chelsea don't like and don't play like strikers. But because there has been a thing where the strikers have failed. And so that means that other players have had to come in. But... We've, it's not like we haven't bought strikers. We've always had strikers, but I think it's I think part- it's more what you're saying though about it's yeah. not necessarily just a position. It's about what that player's role is like, and 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 the kind of player he is up there when he's when he's in the box and stuff like that. And I think it's mainly you need a guy that's going to be your golden boot chaser. And that doesn't necessarily mean. Yeah. That he has to be a number yeah, nine. Like a... Well, to be fair, number nine to me doesn't necessarily mean. But I agree, golden boot chaser. Salah is Liverpool's golden boot chaser. Yeah, yeah. It's not, do you know what I'm saying? And that's what striker, striker is literally the person who likes to strike the ball. Felix likes to strike the ball. Like he's got this, a little bit of the striker in him, but I call it golden boot chaser because I'm specific for a top club. You want someone to compete for the golden boot. And I think with Nkunku, I don't think he has to play as the one that's up top. He likes to kind of come deep. And I, I just think that front four with Madrid left, people say, oh my God, you're trying to force Felix right. Listen, you, you've just jumped on the Felix train now. I've seen Felix for a long while, so don't even try to talk to me about Felix. But I just think it, it can be very fluid. I know people don't like that word up there, but I like that for, obviously, a lot of people are going to be thinking, where's Mount? You know, I don't want. We don't, I don't think we've got time to cover that. We need to get to the, the Crystal Palace game. So yeah. I, I was there. Um, my insights from the game, Badia Shile started ropey, but then he got confident and he looked good. I don't like the thing where people like to... A player does well, so let's dunk on other players. I think people... Cucurella uh, is a, a weird one because Lewis Hall played that game and I know everybody likes the champion academy players. They can do no wrong. And all of these bought players, 60 million you're having a laugh type players. 
um, you want to shit on. But for me, Cucurella not playing was a weird one. Obviously, Koulibaly came off the bench rather than Cucurella coming on. I think Lewis Hall, whilst a great dribbler, so poor defensively. Um, mm. And I think they were exposing that. Um, and that was one of the places that they could have got in. But I think going forward and dribbling, great. Um, we have to talk about how Gallagher played in the pivot and people said, you can't play Gallagher in a pivot. And like mm-hmm. you mentioned at the top of the pot, Gallagher was insane. I think <laughs> he, he was he was amazing. Um, and even me, I was a bit rattled. Me, I was thinking, maybe I was wrong. Maybe Gallagher doesn't have the quality. Do you know what I'm saying? But it's just, I get how difficult he is. We've talked about playing for Chelsea is difficult because there's just so many numbers and there's so much pressure and people are calling for this person to come out so you can come in. But I think he was amazing. Yeah, I, I, no, I agree. I echo most of what you said there. Like, I think it's interesting because um, I've mentioned before, like Potter, Potter just seems to have like these, these kind of good patches with midfielders, man. Like he really does. And I think if if he is working with Gallagher at the moment, um, I wouldn't be surprised. Like in a, in a few weeks or a few months' time, Gallagher looks a completely different player to what he to what he did like the beginning of the season because it's- I think. Gone, gone. I was gonna say it's what you said in terms of um people kind of at the beginning of the season would kind of try to say send him out on loan. He was linked with a move, he's actually linked right now with a move to yeah. Palace. Yeah. And I was like, Do you know what? I think we should sell him. And I think the reason why I was saying that is because I don't think the Chelsea fans, the kind of love for him was mm-hmm. there to kind of nurture that. Like we like to talk as fans about being a club that wants young players, but we don't like to back them. And just at Palace, he had the support, the consistency, et cetera, et cetera. So I was like, you know what? Maybe go back. But I don't know if he's got that support from Potter. Maybe Potter really has. And I think maybe taking him out of the um, the lights and then reintroducing him yeah. helps. Yeah, I think so, and I, I think I actually do think he's working behind the scenes. And and Mead, Mead's messaged me as well, and he was like, "Oh, like Gallagher looks, he looks good." And I was like, "You know what?" Because Mead was like saying how he 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 should he's a player that's probably going to need to get loads of playing time though, like to to be able to develop in the way he wants to develop. And it's what you're saying about even with Palace, like not only is he getting the game time, but he's also got that confidence because of. The, the love that he's got from the fans and and it plays a massive part I, like it really does like that kind of stuff there when when you as a player know that the fans have got your back like that it plays a massive part in how comfortable you feel on the pitch how comfortable you feel going out there week in week out even when you make a mistake if you know that you make a mistake but the fans are going to back you yeah. even that changes your mood as a player because it can be the opposite where I feel like right now somebody like Kai Havertz as soon as he misses a chance yeah, everyone's it's probably it. quite hard mentally for him to get going again, but he seems quite strong mentally, to be he's honest. Very, so. yeah, yeah, he does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so even if you look at Carney, like we talked about Amari before, as soon like these people, they they try and why isn't Car- Carney starting? Carney starting. He had a quiet debut. All of a sudden, it's quiet. Everyone's saying, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah, it's so odd. And he struggled to get into the Palace game as well. And and um, like we said, didn't it? Like that's the thing. You 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 you're either down for the kids to play and and make mistakes and have quiet games and rough patches, or you're not. And and this is the big issue that I think 
fans have in it. Like they they want they want a youngster to start all of a sudden, and then it's like he has a rough patch, and he's ah oh, he's not good enough. Gallagher's not good enough. Amari Hutchinson needs a loan. Carney might need a loan. This that it's like you can't be judging things that quickly. It just doesn't make sense. So yeah. even with Lewis Hall, like you said, I think. I think you're spot on about defensively. I think um, him being naturally oh, a midfielder, <laughs> yeah, him being a natural midfielder, I think is is um, is something that he's probably gonna start looking at soon. I think in terms of he's at this level now, but while he's playing, obviously he's gonna be happy. But mm. I think eventually he will probably want to play in midfield, and that's gonna come into it. But but with the young players in general, I think Gallagher he had a good game. I'd like to see like you know, him develop a little bit more and, and hopefully he does get to the level where, I don't know, maybe all this, all these transfers don't affect him. Do you know yeah, I mean? I'd like, to, I liked, I, I still liked um, him to be successful at Chelsea. I just think, I need to see the dust settle. We've got so many players. I need to see, I, I need to understand. <laughs> I just don't understand. It's like right now, I get it. We're in the middle of a transfer window. It feels like more players are coming in. I don't even know if we've got the time to get players out. Like there are there are squad rules, by the way. Not all of them can be in the Champions League squad, and I don't understand how it's all going to work. But I'm I'm looking forward to see how it's going to work. But Kai Havertz scores the goal. Um, he had some other chance. Like I think he's like what you said. Mentally, I think he's quite strong. Um, yeah, I think there was a chance as well when Mount kind of crossed it. He could have got his second. I think that the kind of cross was hard. Um, it was like. At, like re- at a big a high velocity that the the cross came in but um i think the goal was needed um because as a, again right right now he's judged as a striker and as a striker you probably need to be scoring like at least one in two minimum really and truly for a top club for a golden boot chaser two and three which i just don't think he's that type of player but mm. i think like that's that's why it's hard for kai because he can't live up I think attacking midfielders in this day of age, it's so difficult for them. So I hear it about Mount. I hear it about Kai, Ruben Loftus-Cheek, all the attacking midfielders. Because if you're attacking midfielder, by nature, you're a hybrid player. Attack midfield. It's two different. Do you know what I'm saying? It's attacking midfielder. It's a hybrid type thing. And whereas in the past, everyone played 4-4-2, so, so everybody knew where the attacking midfielder played. If he was attacking midfield of town and he was playing in the four four two era, if he was going to play in one of the box to box positions where one of them was the more attacking one, or he was going to be that Burkamp just behind the striker. So everybody knew if you was like a goal scoring attacking midfielder, you're going to be that Burkamp. If you're going to be like that high intensity attacking midfielder, you're going to be the box to box. In the in the, and then the four three three came along, and then the attacking midfielder found a home mostly at the left central midfield or the right central midfield position. You was going to be that, you know, the Lampard was there, then you had these two kind of worker, one in the pivot and one as the, you know, and the same with Gerard and all that type of stuff. You did have some people, some attacking midfielders like Ronaldinho find his home in a wing. Iniesta at first found his home in a wing, etc. But then it was 4-2-3-1. You find your attacking midfielders as the number 10. Sometimes like a matter, you'll find him on a wing, etc., etc. But I feel like three four three, obviously the two tens. I feel like before it was every it was an era, and everyone copied each other. Everyone played the same formation, so all the attacking midfielders knew where it was going to play. But now in this era, it's like everyone's playing different formations, and so as an attacking midfielder, you can play anywhere. 
and you all get to be played anywhere because even at the same team, you're not necessarily going to be playing the same formation. The ones that are lucky are the attacking midfielders that play in a team where they play a 4-3-3 all the time. So KDB, 4-3-3 all the time. He's the attacking midfielder. He's got two kind of more functional midfielders that do the dirty work for him. He's fine. He's stable. <clears throat> He's fine. Odegaard right now at, at Arsenal. He's fine. He's stable. He's fine. 4 3 3. He's the attacking midfielder. He's got, do you know what I'm saying? Those yeah. players, they've got a home stable. A player like Pogba at Manchester United, attacking midfielder. There's a hole here. Oh, you do it because you're talented enough to do to do, to do the build up. Do you know what yeah. I'm saying? Uh, uh, Kai Havertz, you play up front because we need someone to play up front, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And so, like when we was buying Felix, everyone's like, "Oh no, not another player who doesn't have position." People are scared, but what they're scared of, they're not. What they don't realize, what they're scared of, they're scared of players. These attacking midfielders getting misused because they get played here, there, everywhere. They don't get a chance to settle. And then they get called a flop. That's why Pogba was called a flop. That's why, you know, obviously, like, even Mount, people say, oh, I don't know what position. All these people that say they haven't got a position, they're just attacking midfielders. And they get used in loads of different positions because they're talented and they can play loads of different positions. But it does harm their success. So when everyone's saying, oh, we shouldn't buy Felix, he hasn't got a position, etc. I get where the fear is coming from. But what the real fear is, is that the manager isn't going to place them in a place like you said before, Jermaine, where it's like these guys need a home and needs yeah. to be in one position. We talked about Sterling. When Tuchel came in, Tuchel gave Sterling that one position and he let him cook. He looked good, yeah. And he yeah. looked good. As soon as Potter came in and started playing here, here, there and everywhere, he faced the same kind of fate that a lot of Chelsea attackers face. And so that's what I'm worried about with the new the new lot. But like Havertz has faced it, played here, there and everywhere. A lot of these players... But, that's, I think that's the caveat. That's the warning. Um, this has been one of his better, like in terms of consistency, in terms of like t- trying to stay in the same position. Though, this has been one of the better seasons. Like, it's, I know it's, it's not been ideal. <clears throat> it's not been ideal in terms of like um, everything that's been happening. But some have been five half. Good. Some have been ten. It hasn't been. Yeah. I, I still think it's even though he's played a lot more consistently. I still feel like the positions hasn't been settled. Yeah, no, facts. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, it's not been settled yet, but it's almost like we might be getting there, maybe. I feel like I'm looking at where Potter's playing him and a lot of the time, I think I I need to check, but I'm pretty sure the last few games he's definitely played up front. Yeah, yeah. Um, So I don't know if Potter maybe after coming back from World Cup has kind of like just put a hat on it and said, I'm going with Kai now. Because that's what it looks like to me. It looks like he's made his decision and and Kai is his striker. I think that's important. I think... Like when, uh, like obviously Tuchel brought Aubameyang in, and I think I feel sorry for all of the Tuchel signings because they came in for Tuchel. Yeah. But as soon as Tuchel left, it's like, yeah, I I get Potter Mike's Potter needs to make a decision on who he's going to trust, and for those guys, they're senior guys, so if if Potter's not going to play them regularly, they need to. I think they need to leave personally. But it's like, a bold think, move, like doing it, like because I feel like he's kind of made it clear with Aubameyang and this. Yeah, which is cool. I think Aubameyang wants to go back and I don't think... Yeah, I feel like with that, I, I'm not really, really worried about that situation because that was a temporary thing anyway. He didn't get a long contract. But for ones like Sterling, I feel bad for him because he really thought that he was going to have a home here. And I, listen, he might continue, but I just feel like there's a lot of an influx of talent. And um, that's why when you say that you think Kai's got a place, it's difficult for him to sustain a place with the influx of talent. But I don't want to miss it. So in terms of uh, the Palace game... 
Kepa made some saves. I don't know. I don't. I think the only other thing I want to mention is again, um, in terms of creation at, at that point, obviously Felix in, against Fulham, we started to see the game differently. Croatia was coming through ingenuity. I think in that game, it was more coming through into like balls into the box. Yeah, and Yoling had Kai in the box. So I think that's something to watch out for because without Felix again, I know Carney was there supposed to be provider ingenuity, but I think we lacked proper ingenuity again. Bro, but... You know how you know we lacked um, bodies in the box as well? Because I think the only player I can think of that was back in Kai when Kai didn't make it was Horn coming right. from left back. Yeah. So like, yeah, we definitely need to do better there. Cause... All right. So talk to me about Colwell. Because uh, listen, <laughs> you said in the in the pre like you you were mocked. I think people mocked you because you you were ready to put him straight away, and you was like, listen, people aren't gonna say he's ready, but you kind of mentioned Reese James again. People said that he yeah. wasn't ready, then he came in as ready, and so now you deserve your dues because other people try to claim it, but it was you, Jermaine. You was the oh, champion. Oh, am I lying? Yeah, nah. I said he should be in the starting lineup, bro. From yeah. the beginning. And I was pretty annoyed. I, I remember like how annoyed I was when I found out he was going Brighton because of the whole Cucurella deal. Um, I think like at the time I was still maybe not as down because I thought Cucurella coming in was still like a decent signing at the time. And I, and I don't think he's completely done at Chelsea Cucurella. I think he can do well. But in terms of with Colwell, that whole thing, it was just like mixed feeling because I knew, I, like, I, I was just so confident in it that Colwell was going to be good. And... Like I'd watched him a few games at um, Huddersfield that season, more than a few games to be fair. I think the second half of the season I was quite like I was watching him quite a lot, and um, everything that he's doing now for Brighton, he was he was doing that then. Do you know what I mean? He was he was playing in a free. He was progressing the ball the way he does. He looked so calm in terms of the, like the way he defends defends players with pace and stuff like that. Like just everything about him just screamed like top talent. Do you know what I mean? And and then. To see him doing good now, maybe this is what was needed as well. Like maybe this is the way it should have gone because now that people have seen how good he is, right. they can, like you know, they can ex- they they can be more confident about obviously about when he comes back. The only problem is now though that you have is that where he hasn't got these minutes at Chelsea, he's going to be thinking like you know how much do they really believe in me in it because right. in Man City. You know, we just watched them against Spurs, like struggling Bayern a little Munich. bit at the back. Bayern Munich, Bayern Munich are in- interested. His boys over there in Musiala. Like, let's not forget they played together when they were younger. So it's like, you know, <laughs> it's not going to be easy to get him to sign that contract. Like, yeah. I know Todd Bowley's given out big contracts and and like long term contracts, good stability. And, and people there. are copying him. Like Man United is trying to sign Ganacho to a seven year. <laughs> <laughs> now everybody's copying the model exactly so so I think you know Man City or Bayern Munich are going to try and give him a nine year contract or something yeah. and it's, it's going to be long so yeah now nah, I think um, we got a good chance of making him stay to be fair I think the, the project looks exciting enough yeah. but if he was to go um, I wouldn't be surprised yeah. but it's good to it, but f- focusing on the positives I think it's just good to see that we have got someone there, but by the end of the season we could have a problem because um, Benoit he was looking, he's looking very good. This is this is very good. So this is what I'm saying, and, and look, I think with so Arsenal are an example. They have Ben White, they have Gabriel, 
Then they have who's the other one that they have? Saliba. Saliba, exactly. And obviously having three like they're all young. Do you know what I'm saying? Having three center backs that are young that expect to play, they've made it work with Ben White playing right back. And I think Chelsea similarly, I remember at one point we must have had Ivanovic, Alex, John Terry. Yeah, I remember uh, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah you know <laughs> and again, Ivanovic, who came as a centre back, but that could also play right back. Ivanovic came a right back. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? And so, obviously, we saw Trevor play Crystal Palace as a right back, um, but it is difficult. I I do want to watch this situation where all of these young centre backs are the same age. No mm. young like Cole doesn't want to have uh, plus minutes. He wants to play regularly. Badia Shile wouldn't want to have it. Do you know what I'm saying? But mm. it's interesting. They've signed now anyway. And listen, they've. They've signed like death row contracts as well, so it's going <laughs> to be difficult for them to have choices. Uh, FFP, who gives a fuck about FFP? FFP, uh, <laughs> complain all you want, do the maths all you want. I don't care. I'm down with OPP. I'm down with FFP. Jermaine, anything to say before we quit? Nah, man. Just hopefully we get a couple more in before the, season, before the window closes, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> Trust me, I'm spot. I need a new transfer every two or three days, bro. Um, <laughs> All right, yo, we'll end it there. Thank you, Jermaine. Uh, thanks for listening. Tell your friends if you like it. If you don't, shut the fuck up. I'm joking. All right, that's all, guys. All right, see. He done it! The greatest night in the history of Chelsea Football Club. European champions. Sports Social Podcast Network.